Welcome to The Art of Medicine, the program that explores the arts, business, and clinical aspects of the practice of medicine. I'm Dr. Andrew Wilner, and my guest today is Dr. Uma Naidu. Dr. Naidu is Director of Nutritional and Lifestyle Psychiatry at Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston, Mass. She is also a chef, a graduate from Cambridge School of Culinary Arts. She is a practicing psychiatrist. And what we're going to talk to, about today is she is the author of a new book, what I think is a very provocative uh, new book, This Is Your Brain on Food. Welcome, Dr. Naidu. Thank you so much, Dr. Wilner. It's a pleasure to be here. So, you know, food's important. Everybody eats and we all want to eat healthy so we feel better and get stronger and live longer. Um, I, so I'm going to ask you, how did you come? You know, writing a book is also a big project. I've written four books. And, Great. Congratulations. Uh, I, yeah. You know, and it's like, well, gee, do I really want to do that? I know your book is, has hundreds and hundreds of references. You've researched it very thoroughly. And it's also part of your practice, the way you take care of patients. So why did you start at the beginning and tell us how you got interested in food to sort of complement your medical and how it led to the book? Sure, thank you. That's a great question. You know, I think it stems from coming from a large um, uh, Indian family and being surrounded by a few different things. One, um, many physicians in the family, but also uh, a real focus on nurturance, food and a family and spending time together. So it really stemmed from that. And uh, because there were so many cooks in the kitchen, I never really learned to cook. I could bake. My mom recognized that I loved science and taught me to bake early on uh, with supervision, of course. And I uh, only really came to cooking when I moved away to study. And that uh, became a way to not only connect to home, but through spices and through um, ingredients to both my culture, but, but also that sense of family. What I discovered was that rather than a chore, eating um, eating and, and well, eating is always fun, but cooking and preparation of food became almost a mindful space and a creative space for me. I was always interested in nutrition and I knew there was a gap from medical school um, and still is in many places and felt that I wanted to learn more. And I think what really struck me was when I was learning about psychotropic medications, I felt a certain responsibility because I was understanding the side effects. And if I was going to have the power of this prescription pad, then I also felt a reason to really provide other options for people, not, not that they shouldn't take a medication, but also lifestyle measures. And that really came from a really holistic uh, background and being in a family that had many physicians that were allopathic physicians, but also a couple of Ayurvedic practitioners. So there was always this mind-body connection that was emphasized. And I began to explore that more, uh, understand what my patients needed as they took a prescription and what lifestyle measures 
including nutrition, sleep, um, exercise, sleep hygiene, and, and everything that goes with, with, these, um, with, with the mental health condition to improve their well-being. And this really grew as a, and developed as an interest. I will just say that my trip to culinary school was, that was a passion project. It was really wanting to cook better, loving a sense of knowing more about food, and wanting to round out my education. And because Julia Child was my food hero, and uh, when I was studying, I couldn't afford cable television. And she was, she was on the large figure on public television that kind of helped me create a sense of confidence to cook. Um, and I, when I read about her life and followed her recipes, I realized that she went into this later in life. And I thought, well, why not me? Because I'm, I'm enjoying this so much. And I um, thoroughly enjoyed it, not meaning or intending to really use it um, in my clinical practice. But what really came together is the ability to counsel individuals on their mental well-being, use um, what we know about different foods, nutrients, and ingredients, um, share the nutrition with them, provide a nutritional psychiatry treatment plan, but also then maybe provide an idea of how to use different ingredients in food that are simple steps to healthier eating. Um, and that, you know, I, I wish I could say that it was a grand plan, but there wasn't. I really just followed things that I loved to do. So uh, just to recapitulate, I want to stress that you're not saying that food should replace medications, but that improvement of a holistic lifestyle may uh, give the medications a better chance to uh, to help. Absolutely. Like that. So that would be entirely accurate, including the fact that I still prescribe medications and many of my patients, to be honest, have, have had life-saving changes from them. But what I also felt was why not provide them with additional tools in their tool belt? And that's where nutrition is one of the sort of integrated and holistic model of care that I use, but also looks at a functional root cause for, um, for conditions. Um, and that's where the, my interest in the gut microbiome came about. Well, I'm very interested in this. And of course, I'm a neurologist. And one of the reasons I asked you to come on the, the show, I think you're the third psychiatrist out of the last really? shows. So I think that that's saying something about, about my interests. The last guest was Dr. Really? James Gordon, whom you really? may know, who is very interested know of him. Yeah. in mind and body. And I've had one of the psychiatrists from the University of Tennessee uh, talk about the... Uh, well, the effect of COVID on on all of us, as well as those with mental, you know, pre-existing mental, mental. Uh, illness. So I'm personally very, very interested in this. So since I brought up COVID, you know, we all want to, I'll give the date, it's Friday, October 16th, 2020, that we're recording. And and COVID is in, uh, you know, full rage right now, particularly where I am in Memphis, uh, Tennessee. So is there anything, I go to work every day, I wear a mask and I wear a shield and I try and get enough sleep. Is there anything I can eat that, that's gonna help me? Absolutely, you know, it turns out that both um, different foods but also certain spices are, are really, um, really do help boost our immunity. And, you know, people don't, you know, people think vitamin C and they consider citrus fruit, which I think is great. So 
you know, citrus fruit can be savory as well, like lemons and limes. Always great. I love to add them um, using the zest to a salad and a squeeze into my salad dressing. Um, so those are just great healthy ingredients. But then things like red bell peppers have some of the highest levels of vitamin C. Very easy to add to a salad or a stir fry or whatever it is that you might be making. But then spices like ginger, garlic, um, and turmeric with a pinch of black pepper because black pepper activates the curcumin and turmeric are all actually uh, known to be healing spices and to have um, immune boosting properties. So I think at least having a few of those um, handy that you can be using, I think are great. But another way to think about this, Dr. Wilner, is that so much of our immunity is within our gut. And for that reason, taking care of our gut microbes, um, the 39 odd trillion microbes that live there is also important. So eating for a healthier gut um, is important. And where, where I think we may not be doing as well in the United States is that we tend to have a lot of focus on, we may not be getting enough protein, but in fact, we really lack fiber. And fiber from um, plant sources, beans, nuts, seeds, legumes, healthy whole grains, and fruits and vegetables are really where you get your fiber. So enhancing our diet in that way and bringing back healthy sources of fiber to those gut microbes is just part of a normal, healthy, well-balanced diet is important because when the gut microbes thrive, they can actually work toward our best benefit in our health and our mental health. And I, I guess we should stress that a, a healthy gut is not necessarily a larger gut. Is that, that Exactly. Right? That's a very good point. Thank you. I love that. I, I'm going to quote you on that one. I think that's really cool. Exactly. It's not a larger gut, as we might sometimes think. It's actually uh, paying much more attention to um, really, really helping the gut the gut microbes, you know, be fed. Like we are nourished, they need to be nourished by the right, right foods and the type of standard American diet that we tend to eat more often does not help them thrive. Now, uh, this program that we're doing uh, today evolved from uh, a bunch of interviews I did about locum tenens. I was a locum tenens physician for mm. many, many years. I wrote a book about it. So many, awesome. a, a lot of the doctors in our audience are locum tenens doctors and who typically, maybe a little less right now, but typically travel quite, I used mm. to commute by airplane once a week. So I go to a hotel room for a week and go back to where I lived and then I'd work seven on, seven off. And of mm -hmm. course, you know, a healthy diet was and eating properly was a was a, mm -hmm. a big challenge. Mm -hmm. So do you have any tips for people who are, you know, traveling for business or even yeah. for pleasure where yeah. they don't have their own kitchen and their own well stocked yeah. cupboard and you yeah. know they're and they're in exactly. a rush? Is there anything you can do to eat healthier? Well, you know, we know that that airline travel and airports don't have the best choices. So I think that's where we have to be a little bit ingenious about how we do it. Um, so if it is airline travel, then, you know, making sure you have um, an empty, I, I like um, glass containers or metal containers for water so that you are well hydrated. 
um, and making sure that you maybe bring some snacks from home that you can actually prepack um, ahead of time. And certainly if it's, it's local travel, uh, pre-COVID, it was certainly okay. I don't know if those restrictions have changed, but just simple things. I'm talking about healthy nuts. Uh, my favorites are hazelnuts and macadamia, you know, but a quarter cup a day with extra, extra dark chocolate um, chips is a great snack instead of say granola. Um, things like carrying um, oatmeal that you know you might be able to make using a um, and not the ones that have a ton of added sugar but finding a way to maybe purchase either bring things with you that you can make um, at a hotel with some hot water or some healthy ingredients say you like almond milk um, or maybe you can get access to a microwave so so taking things with you become important healthy source even things like cut up vegetables um, a tub of hummus these are small things that you can travel with and i i have um, used a little um, travel uh, it's, it's sort of a lunch bag, but it's one that um, folds down flat and the whole thing freezes. And I think it's made by a company called Packet, uh, I want to say, but when you open it up, it's fully chilled and you can put, you know, hummus and say celery sticks and some nuts and some, of course, you can't carry the water. So your, your empty cool container in there and, and take it with you. And that way um, you have something on the go. Then I would suggest that wherever you arriving at, that you scope it out on the internet, that you find a local supermarket and stock up on some perishable um, and non-perishable goods. So perishable things can be things like fruit, find out if you know, many hotels will actually put a small refrigerator in because they're very sensitive to people's diets and you can store things like fruit, and again, you know, you not, may not be able to cook, but things that you are healthy options to eat. And so fruit, vegetables, um, hummus, um, some form of a healthy dip that you either make at home and take, um, and some snack mixes that you put together that, are, that contain healthy ingredients. So it sounds like uh, a lot of this is like so many things to do it properly you have to plan ahead you can't just show up it's and, all about planning ahead exactly planning ahead. i like exactly. that i'll add that uh, i do a lot of road trips and i have a little cooler that plugs into the car that's and, great uh, love that it's cool so yeah. we bring food from home that lasts two or three days so that's a great idea yeah. not only can we avoid the restaurant but we can eat when we want to eat you know if we want to eat it too uh, we you can do. if we want to eat 11 I, we eat 11 you know you just stop I'm the car so... and pull the food that's out. a that's i really like that as well because not many people make use of that feature in their cars and don't even think about it but if you plan it's all about the planning right because it when you when you know what you're going to do be doing or eating for the next week or even have built in some snacks and you can't you know, maybe you have to eat a meal out. You can also make healthy choices when you do that. But I, I love that idea too. Now, before we go, I want to get back to the clinical practice of medicine. You're a psychiatrist, you see patients, and some of them are quite ill with mental illness, yes. depression or anxiety or OCD. And uh, of course, uh, you know, each patient is, uh, is different and I, I don't want you to reveal any patient details, of course, but tell me, give me an example of how a patient used food and how it helped. Sure. 
Uh, speaking of people who travel, I treated a young executive a few years back and um, she came to me referred actually by her gastroenterologist needing an immediate prescription for Zoloft because she had developed panic attacks and she came in requesting the medication and, and was referred that way. As I uncovered the history, she had received this wonderful promotion about 18 months prior. And um, as, as part of the promotion, she actually then had to travel. So instead of living at home, she had to fly extensively for work, um, then have a lot of work meetings out. So several things changed. She was barely eating any meals at home. She was eating out much more often. She was traveling, eating in, in airports. Um, also arriving late at hotels and eating out at the bar fridge um, and, and snacks, but also drinking a little bit more wine because uh, unlike her usual diet, she was now at lots of business meetings. So even an extra half glass here or there was part of her diet. And she presented not so much with, she didn't have weight gain. She was exercising and taking care of other things, but her, her diet and her nutrition had changed. And she presented with significant disruption of the microbiome in the sense that I, I took a proper history and I thought the only thing that has really changed because she's working very hard to lead a healthy lifestyle um, in other ways was her diet. And, and what, what she, because she wasn't acutely ill, she was definitely anxious. We were able to, um, based on her decision and my agreement, stave off taking a medication and work around using healing foods to um, really repair her microbiome. That with all the processed, ultra-processed foods, fried foods, um, fast foods, extra processed vegetable oils that had entered her diet and added sugars from sources that were not within her control when she was on the go and eating such foods, um, uh, you know, had disrupted. So we were slowly able to place her on a healthy diet, give her tips like the ones we spoke about, but in a much more structured way and for every single trip um, where she planned more, carried more foods with her. And over time, um, we were able to achieve gut healing and avoid in that situation taking medication. That's not always the case. Sometimes people need a medication as well. But that was a great example of really going deep into what was going on in her life that might have changed and um, brought on mental health symptoms. And there's a lot of mindfulness and self-care as, as part of cooking for yourself and preparing. Absolutely. And maybe that's uh, synergistic with the actual, uh, it, you know, ingredients. It, it all is. It, it absolutely works entirely together. And, um, you know, in my book, we, we chose to, um, as I went through the process, chose to really bring out the nutrition component. But it is really a plan that involves multiple things, including mindfulness and meditation, movement, exercise, uh, sleep hygiene, and, and all of these good things to, to create the kind of balance that we, we, we feel, you know, that I think we need and could improve upon. I think any one of us could improve on that, including myself. Well, I agree. I think everybody who eats probably has something to learn uh, from your book. So I, I want to thank, thank you. you very much, Dr. Naito, for joining me on The Art of Medicine. This has been uh, enlightening. And I always enjoy speaking with thoughtful physicians. I don't know, and a lot of them end up as psychiatrists. I'm not sure how that happens. But... Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure speaking to you.